Happy Monday. Reading from Out of This World, Thinking Fourth Dimensionally, if you want to learn about manifestation and how to master your mind, then continue to watch this live. This is what we talk about every single Monday and Friday. Mondays are manifesting Mondays, and on Friday we talk about how to have more of an abundance mindset. Hi, everybody that's joining. What's up? Um, I... I have so many books in my little Kindle that I choose which book I'm going to read from each week. And this week, it is from Out of This World, Thinking Fourth Dimensionally by Neville Goddard. It is a really powerful book. So we're going to get into some stuff. And if this resonates with you, take what you like from it. And if it doesn't, then you obviously don't have to listen. What's up? We got Joe Ashton in the house this morning. That always makes me happy. Hola. Okay, so since I've been on my journey with mastering the mind, some people don't like the word manifestation, which is fine. Some people say prayer. Some people say, um, I don't know, just, just whatever it is, right? But on my journey with manifestation, with working on the mind, I realize how powerful I truly am. Because I was able to manifest... Um, I was able to manifest something so incredibly fast that it actually happened at the time that I was actually thinking of it, okay? I was thinking of a person that I haven't spoken to in a while. I'm like, oh my God, I haven't heard from this person in so long. Um, that person's going to text me. And I was like, no, maybe I'll text them. They're like, no, they'll text me. But I was literally on a walk. Didn't have my phone. When I got back to my car, now this is a person I've spoken to in months and months and months and months. They came to my mind. When I got back to my car, checked my phone, there was a text message from this person. The person I haven't spoken to in months. Okay? So we are powerful. We are able to attract the things to us that we want based on our belief and ability to get them. So some people say, Yes, it's Neville Goddard's book. Um, it's Out of This World, Thinking Fourth Dimensionally. Um, shit. So, the more that you work on these things, the more that you work on your concept of yourself, which we're going to talk about, the more that you have a belief that you are extremely powerful and that you can attract all things to you, the faster things are going to be able to come to you. Because most people are like, oh, this is stupid. I've been doing this for this long and this didn't happen. It's all about your belief on your ability to be able to get something. It is your blind faith. It's the same thing in prayer. Prayer is what? Having faith that you will get the things that you are asking for. But we're not asking the universe. We are assuming that we already have them. Right? So, it just goes to show you, your words are your wand. We are our own magicians of our reality. It just goes to show you when you believe that you can have something and that you already have it, it'll come to you easily. It'll come to you much more easily than if you're saying, where is it? Why don't I have it yet? I've been doing all this work and nothing's going on. That's coming from a state of lack. That's coming from I don't have it. My computer has its mind of its own again this morning. So we're going to get into it. Let's just jump right into it. So this is Neville Goddard. He's talking about learning in school. He said, instead of learning my craft in schools where attending courses and seminars is considered a, sub a substitute for self-acquired knowledge, my schooling was devoted almost exclusively to the power of imagination. 
I stayed for hours imagining myself to be other than that which my reason and senses dictated until the imagined states were vivid as reality. So vivid that passerby became but a part of my imagination and acted as if I would have them. By the power of imagination, my fantasy led theirs and dictated to them their behavior and the discourse they held together while I was identified with my imagined state. With my imagined state. So what he's saying is he would go into, so his schooling for him was not learning other things. It was about learning about his imagination, right? So he would go into this state for so long and do his meditations and he would feel them so deeply that when you, when you wake up from these type of um, meditations, it feels like you've actually experienced it. And again, your mind doesn't know whether you're experiencing something or whether you're imagining it. So the same thing if you're watching a really scary movie. Your mind is traumatized in the same way as if you actually experienced it. So if you are meditating and you are experiencing something in your imagination so real, your subconscious mind cannot tell the difference of whether you actually experienced that or if it was imagined. So that's why he he has this whole thing around Neville Goddard from what, the 1930s, I think, or 40s, or maybe even before that, where he would go into his imaginal act, which was his meditation, feel whatever it was that he wanted to assume to be real, so real that it would show up almost instantly in his, he would give it three days. He would give it three days, not because he was waiting for a manifestation to show up, but he just knew that he, he knew the mind so well and he trusted in this way of consciousness so much that he literally could just manifest things into his existence like that because he knew how the mind worked. We've never been given these gifts of knowing how the mind works. Can you save this live, please? Yes, I'll save it. I'll post it. I post all my Manifesting Mondays, just so you know, so you can rewatch them. Um, man's imagination is the man himself. And the world as imagination sees it is the real world. But it is our duty to imagine all that is lovely and of good report. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the, the Lord looketh on the heart. So man, without knowing these ideas of what our consciousness is and how it works, is looking for outside validation. But the Lord looketh on the heart. So if we're looking within our heart, within our consciousness, and we know that's where the true truth lies because we create our reality from our consciousness, then we're going to stop looking on the outside world because we know that that's only a reflection of what's happening on the inside. Again, our reality is a projection of our inner beliefs. So if our inner beliefs is that life isn't fair, everyone else has everything else and I don't, why do I look like this? I never feel good. I'm sick all the time. If that is what you're looking at on your heart and in your consciousness, it can only be projected out into the reality in that manner. The outer world is a reflection of our inner thoughts and beliefs. If you don't like what's happened in your three-dimensional reality, you change self. You don't change it out here. You change it in here. 
In meditation, when the brain grows luminous, I find my imagination endowed with a magnetic power to attract for me whatsoever I desire. Desire is the power imagination uses to fashion life about me as I fashion it within myself. I first desire to see a certain person or scene, and then I look as though I were seeing that which I want to see, and the imagined state becomes objectively real. I desire to hear, and then I listen as though I were hearing, and the imagined voice speaks that which I dictate as though it had initiated the message. Okay, so let's go back to that. So when you have this imaginal scene of whatever your state of the wish fulfilled is, right? If your state of the wish fulfilled is, um, say you want to buy a new house and someone else is bidding on that house, you would see yourself shaking the hands of the realtor person and saying, thank you so much. I'm so excited that this is my new dream home, right? You're in the state of the wish fulfilled. So you see it to be real. You see your hand shaking that person's hand. You hear the things that that person is saying to you and you stay in this imaginal act. You live and walk as though this house is already mine. You only have to think about it. This is already done. You live as though it's already done. That's the challenge for most people, right? But once you start to see the way that this all works and how things unfold, for example, many times I have imagined different people for different reasons saying certain phrases to me, whatever it was. I would do my meditations on it. I would just go into the state of the wish fulfilled. This happened to me a couple weeks ago. Daily. The things that I would say in my mind, this person said to me verbatimly. The exact phrases that were in my mind that I was doing my meditations on. This happened within hours. This person was saying the exact phrases. I kid you not. Our consciousness is that powerful that we can have scenarios and people showing up saying the exact things that we imagine. That's how powerful that we are. Why do you think we're not taught this stuff? Okay. Nevertheless, experience has convinced me of the truth of the statement. He calleth those things which not, which be not as though they were. That's from Romans 4.17. He calleth those things which be not as though they were. So he's saying that we're calling forth in our consciousness things that are not as though they were. So we follow that. In my mind, I am seeing things that are not in my three-dimensional reality as if they were. And then consciousness, or it sinks into the subconscious mind, and eventually it will show up. Now, the only way that it won't show up is if you constantly doubt the laws of the universe. If you're doubting and you're saying, this is stupid, it's never going to happen. Fine, I'll do my affirmations. Fine, I'll do my meditations, but this isn't going to work for me. You're right, it's totally not going to work for you. But if you have blind faith that these things are going to happen to you, it's just like people are happy all the time. They're just like, life is great. And you're just like, oh my God, there's good things just always happen to this person. Why do you think that is? Because it's all a state of their mind. They expect only good things. They're like, oh my God, I love my life. My life is amazing. This is great. Every day. And every day their life is great. Because it's an inside job. 
There aren't people that are just born lucky. Depends on what your idea of luck is anyway. But this is all an inside job. Everything that happens to us is an inside job. So we can decide if we're going to have an amazing day today or if we're going to have the shittiest day today. I woke up, it's raining, it's awful, it's going to be horrible, traffic's going to be so bad. And then your day unravels from there. Or you could say, oh my God, I love the rain. The plants need the rain to grow. It, it's all about your perception of things and how you decide that you want to live your life. For I have an intense meditation called things that were not seen as though they were. And then the unseen not only became seen, but eventually became physical realities. What's up? Anybody that's joining, happy Monday. Again, so anybody that's just joining, I'm reading from Out of This World, Thinking Fourth Dimensionally, so Thinking in the 4D instead of the 3D, by Neville Goddard. So we're calling things that were not seen in our meditation state as though they were. And the unseen not only becomes seen, it eventually becomes your physical reality. If you don't believe it, try it. And then let me know. Because I've done it. I've done it so much that it's just like, now I expect things. But last week when I heard from someone that I hadn't heard from in like, I don't know, six months, eight months, something like that. And I just looked at my phone. I literally was thinking of that person, got back to my car, looked at my phone. There was a text from that person. So tell me how we're not magical beings. Desire and imagination are the enchanter's wand of fable, and they draw to themselves their own affinities. They break forth best when the mind is in a state akin to sleep. Sats, state akin to sleep. So that's the most powerful time for any manifestation or, or prayer, whatever word that you want to use. <clears throat> um, the state akin to sleep. I've written with some care and detail the method I sue to enter the dimensionally larger world, which is our consciousness. This three-dimensional world is not bigger than our own imagination. Our imagination is limitless, right? But I shall give one more formula for opening the door of the larger world. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon men, in, slumber, in slumberings upon the bed, then he opened the ears of men and sealeth their instruction. So this is from Job 33, uh, 15 and 16. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep fall asleep upon men. In slumberings upon the bed, that's when our ears are open and we seal in the instruction of what it is that we want in our three-dimensional reality. There's a state akin to sleep. Okay, so let's move on to something else. <laughs> Unlike the world of three dimensions where there is an interval between our assumption and its fulfillment, in the dimensionally larger world, which is in our consciousness, which is in our imagination, where there is an immediate realization of our assumption. So three-dimensional world out here, usually we don't see immediately the things that we assume, right? That we don't have yet. But in our imagination, our assumption of what we want to be true is immediate. You can go into your meditative state, you can go into your state akin to sleep at any time of the day and make that reality real in your imagination. You can feel all the things and... There's a book Neville Goddard wrote that's called Feeling is the Secret. Why does he call it Feeling is the Secret? Because feeling what it is that you want to have and desire is the secret to its manifestation coming to fruition. 
feeling it. So when you're in your state akin to sleep, when you're in that meditative state and you feel it, if you go into your state akin to sleep and you think about a rose and then you go to smell the rose, you can smell what that smells like. So it's the same thing with your imaginal act, with your state of the wish fulfilled, right? Whatever it is that you want, see it, feel it. You're on a beach, feel the feel the warmth of the sun, the, the sand on your feet, whatever it is, feel it so real that it has no choice but to manifest into this three-dimensional world. The external reality instantly mirrors our assumption that is in our state of kind of sleep. Here, there is no need to wait four months till harvest. We look again as though we saw, and lo and behold, the fields are already white to harvest. So when we are in our imaginal act, our fields are already harvested. We are already in the state in which we want to be in. And then it's it's how do we live our lives as though we have these things. And that all goes to self-concept, which we'll talk about. In this dimensionally larger world, ye shall not need to fight, set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. That's from Chronicles. And because that greater world, which is our imagination, is slowly passing through our three-dimensional world, we can, by the power of imagination, mold our world in harmony with our desire. Look as though you saw. Listen as though you heard. Stretch forth your imaginary hand as though you touched. And your assumptions will harden into fact. So, hemp in the house. When you assume that you already have these things, Listen as though you've heard. Stretch forth your imaginary hand as though you've touched it or as though you've held that person, whatever it is. And your assumptions will harden into fact. There was something that I read the other day and it's just super simple. How, how bad do you want this? You can doubt yourself all day. You can say this is stupid, it doesn't work. You can have negative things to say about being the creator of your reality. You can do that all day. If that's what you believe, that's the only thing that you can have in your reality. But how bad do you want it? Do you want it bad enough to where all of your assumptions before they're always bad and negative? I'm always sick. My stomach always hurts. Oh my God, I have a headache again today. My car is not working. I just don't have enough money for that. I can't afford this. Or... Can you shift your perception and your concept of yourself to say, I'm worthy of having a new car. I am able to afford anything that I can desire. How bad do you want to change? How bad do you want it? Uh, okay. I do not wish to write books, a book on wonders, but rather to turn man's man's mind back to the one and only reality that the ancient teachers worship as God. And this might trigger some people because that's just the way that it goes. All that was said of God was in reality said of man's consciousness. So we may say that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in his own consciousness. But let him... Okay, we're going to skip that part because this is where <laughs> we're just going to skip over that Bible quote. No man needs help to direct him in the application of this law of consciousness. I am is the self-definition of the absolute. Grand Rising, whoever's joining. I'm not tense at all. Like, I'm not tense, like, at all. 
I am is the self-definition of the absolute, the root out of which everything grows. I am the vine. That's from John. What is your answer to the to the eternal question, who am I? So let's just go back to the I am-ness before we go back. We ask ourselves, who am I? I am is the self-definition of the absolute, the root of which everything grows. Again, your I am's, your I am's. What do you say that you are every single day? I am lucky. I'm happy. I'm elated. I am the absolute, in the absolute best shape of my life. What is your I am? I'm so sick of this. I am not happy. I'm such a loser. What is your I am-ness? I am is the self-definition of the absolute, the root of which everything grows. Hi, Steph. Thank you. Janet Jackson Rhythm Nation look. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So, again, what is your answer to the eternal question, who am I? Your answer determines the part you play in the world's drama. Your answer... That is your concept of yourself. And that is the most important thing that we need to shift when we want to shift our reality. It's the concept in which we have of ourselves. I am happy, I am healthy, I am loved. I love that. Your concept of ourselves or our concept of ourselves is the way that we shift and make changes. We can't have a concept of ourselves where we we live in a reality where Oh, I'm so unlucky. This sucks. I never have good relationships. People always leave me. Um, I just don't have money for that right now. Oh, I'd love to, but, you know, my job, you know, I have to work all these long hours and I'm not being compensated for it, blah, blah, blah. That is your concept of yourself. I'm not loved. I'm unlovable. I'm not good enough. When we have all those type of beliefs... That is the part that you're playing in this world's drama. So if you were showing up every day as a victim, life can only victimize us. If we're showing up every day as a warrior, as fearless, as loving, as happy, as fulfilled, then the world can only show us that as well. Like what part are you playing in this world, in this world's drama? That is what you're contributing to everyone because there is one consciousness that we all share so what part are you playing in that are you playing the sick role oh my hip's been hurting for 25 years that's your story in life i yeah i've headaches i'd love to go but you know my knee's just been acting up are you in this victim mindset every single day is that the part that you're playing in this world Ask yourself, is that the way that you want to show up? Who am I? Is that who I want to show up as? If you are going to this huge party with complete strangers, and when you get there, everyone has to introduce themselves with who am I? What is your story? Oh, well, my name is so-and-so, and I've been in this really bad relationship for the last 15 years. I have chronic pain all over my body. Are you showing up as that person? Who are you introducing your self-concept as? What is the concept of yourself? What are the beliefs that you have about yourself? Because that's how you're showing up in the world. 
if you're showing up in the world in that way, imagine how many other people are showing up in the world that way. So if we have, if we're co-creating a reality where there's sickness and sadness and bad relationships and I believe this about myself or that about myself and they're not anything good, that's what you're contributing to the consciousness of the world. Is that the way that you want to show up? So, your answer, that is, is your concept of self, need not conform to the external reality to which it relates. This great truth is revealed in the statements, let the weak say, I am strong. And that's Joel 3.10. Let the weak people say, I am strong. And when you start to repeat this new story, this new concept of yourself, your reality starts to shift to reflect that. Benny has an amazing story. He is walking after being paralyzed. Why? Because he believed that he was going to. Even if doctors say you'll never be able to walk again. Oh, you know, your case is really bad. A, B, and C might happen. You know, maybe there's a 10% chance you'll be able to walk. But when you have your own concept of yourself that say, I'm stronger than this. My body can overcome this. My mind can overcome this. Walking comes to me easily and effortlessly. Instead of taking that death sentence from some doctor that plays God to tell you, you'll just never be able to walk. Oh, your child's always going to be disabled. If you have it in your consciousness, that's not my destiny. My destiny is what I tell myself that it's going to be. I'm going to walk. I'm going to be absolutely 100% healthy. There will be no disease left in my body. Then that's the reality that you're going to end up having. Because you have this undying faith that I got this it's now over eight months of walking without any canes so here's someone that's proof right here he was so determined to make himself walk that now he's walking without a cane he said he was paralyzed he was paralyzed this man was paralyzed and through his own mental thinking made himself walk again these are the miracles that we could perform for ourselves based on our own consciousness, based on our beliefs, based on our faith. Assume that you are that which you want to be. Benny assumed that which he wanted to be, a man that was walking. Assume that you are that which you want to be. It had to start in his mind first. He had to see it first in his mind for him to be able to do it. It took six years, but I'm here now. Talk about determination. It took Benny six years to be able to walk again, but he was so determined to do it. He's now walking. Assume that which you are, assume that you are that which you want to be. Experience in imagination what you would experience in the flesh were you already that which you want to be. Remain faithful to your assumption. Benny remained faithful to his assumption. He assumed, he just assumed that I'm going to walk again. I don't care what the doctors tell me. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care that I cannot walk right now. I don't care that I have no feeling in my limbs. I don't care that I can't get up by myself. Remain faithful to your assumption so that you define yourself as that which you have assumed. Thank you, Angie. Things have no life if they are severed from their roots. And our consciousness, our I amness, is the root of all that springs in our world. So our I amness is the root of all the things that spring in our world. So if you sever those roots, if you say to yourself, I'm never going to walk again, 
I can never do this. The doctor told me that. I can't walk right now. In my three-dimensional world, I see that I cannot walk. I see that I don't have these abilities. How the hell am I supposed to make that happen? If you sever your I am-ness, I am not able to walk. If you sever it at the root, you're absolutely right. Consciousness can never only give you in the three-dimensional world what you're conscious of being. But if you say, my I am-ness is I'm going to walk. I will be walking without a cane. It wasn't even that he said, I'm just going to be able to walk. Because he could walk. Maybe he could walk with crutches. Maybe he could walk with a walker. Maybe he can walk with a cane. And maybe you'd be like, all right, I'm satisfied with that. But he went all the way to the extent of, I'm going to be able to walk. And without a cane. It took him six years. And now he's walking fully for six months without a cane. Because that is what he believed in his mind to be true. And that was what was going to happen. And that's exactly what happened. If we believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. That is, if I don't believe that I am already that which I desire to be, then I remain as I am and I die in my present concept of myself. If we believe not that I am he, so if we believe not, we don't believe that I am the person that I really want to be, we shall die in our sins. Meaning we should die in our sins, meaning that we don't believe the things that we have to be true. So we stay in the concept of ourselves that is not living our highest capabilities. So we die in our die in our sins. There is no power outside of the consciousness of man to resurrect and make alive that which man desires to experience. That man who is accustomed to call up at will whatever images he pleases will be by virtue of the power of his imagination master of his fate. So we are the master of our fate of the things that we call up in our imagination. <clears throat> I used my walker for a year. So this man used his walker for a year and now he doesn't use it at all. Every morning I say five things I'm grateful for every single morning. That's Benny. I practice being grateful before I could walk. And this is... <clears throat> Oh, please teach. I said, please watch. Please teach an online yoga class. That would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. <clears throat> I used two hiking poles for a year. But he was, he was grateful first. So he had the feeling of what it would be like, which was the state of the wish fulfilled. Oh, my God. I'm so grateful that I can walk. I'm so grateful that I've walked a mile. You have it within you before you actually have it. And then the world conspires to make this happen. Right? So we're skipping on the chapter four. I don't remember what it said. There is no transforming power in death. And whether we are here or there, we fashion the world that surrounds us by the intensity of our imagination and feeling. And we illuminate or darken our lives by the concepts we hold of ourselves. We illuminate or darken our lives based on the concept of, that we hold of ourselves. So we could have great things or we can have dark things based on the things that we believe. And again, Benny is here. He was paralyzed. It took him six years to walk. He walked with a walker and maybe he went to a cane and now he doesn't use anything because he 
knew that we fashion the world that surrounds us by the intensity of our imagination and feeling. He had an intensity in his mind. I'm going to walk. I'm so grateful for it. I feel it. I see it. I see myself walking. That's going into your imaginal act. That's going into your imagination with intensity. He could say, I can't believe this. I'm never going to walk again. He could live in a victim state and say, how did I bring this upon myself? Why me? Why did this happen to me? But he stuck with his imaginal act so much so that he actually made himself walk again from being paralyzed. Most people take that as a permanent death sentence. Well, the doctor said I'm never going to walk again. I did exercises. We did therapy. I had surgeries. Nothing. There are some people that will accept their fate. Fate based on their imagination. And there are other people that will change their fate and go into their imagination and make it real. And make it real in this dimension. Nothing is more important to us than our conception of ourselves. And especially is this true of our concept of the dimensionally great one within us. Those who help or hinder us, whether they know it or not, are the servants of that law which shapes outward circumstances in harmony with our inner nature. It is our conception of ourselves which frees or constrains us, though it may use material agencies to achieve its purpose. It is our conception of ourselves which frees or constrains us. You can be a person that has negative dollars in their bank account and turn it into multi-millions based on your beliefs, based on your imaginal acts, based on your inspired actions. Because life molds the outer world to reflect the inner arrangement of our minds. Let's read that again. Because life molds the outer world to, the, to reflect the inner arrangements of what's in our mind. If I'm in my mind, I'm with a partner that treats me like shit. He always cheats on me. People always leave me. I never have friends. Because life molds the outer world to reflect the inner arrangements of our minds. That's why words cast spells. When you're having that inner dialogue all day long, what are you telling yourself? Shit, I'm not good enough. This person will never like me. I don't have this. Everybody else has things and I don't. I hate living in this house. My job sucks. Because life molds the outer worlds to reflect the inner arrangement of our minds. What is your inner arrangement of your mind? As above, so below. That's actually in here. So within, so without. <clears throat> there is no way of bringing about the outer perfection we seek other than by the transformation of ourselves. No help cometh from without. The hills to which we lift our eyes are those of an inner range. It is thus to our own consciousness that we must turn as to the only reality, the only foundation on which all phenomena can be explained. We can rely absolutely on the justice of this law to give us only that which is of the nature of ourselves. What's the nature of yourself? I always get everything that I want. I'm so incredibly successful. Thank you so much for this beautiful home that I live in. Even if you don't yet. 
I'm so grateful for the beautiful family that I have, even if you don't have a family yet. To attempt to change the world before we change our concept of ourselves is to struggle against the nature of things. Let's read that again. To attempt to change the world out here before we change our concept of ourselves is to struggle against the nature of things. We cannot change the things and the, the situations that are going on in the outer world until we change the inner world. There can be no outer change until there is first an inner change. That's even difficult for me to think about sometimes because there are things that I pull into my reality. And I'm like, well, you were thinking about that. So what do you expect? But at least I have the awareness now of how it all works. So I'm just like, shit, that's totally my fault. And I did that. As within, so without. I am not advocating philosophical indifference when I suggest that we should imagine ourselves as already that which we want to be, living in a mental atmosphere of greatness rather than using physical means and arguments to bring about the desired change. Everything we do, unaccompanied by a change of consciousness, is but futile readjustment of surfaces. However we toil or struggle, we can receive no more than our assumptions affirm. We can receive no more than what our assumptions are. That we affirm every day. If you're saying to yourself, if something shows up in your 3D reality and you don't like it, and it's like, see, this is so stupid, nothing works out for me, I always have bad luck, we can receive no more than our assumptions are affirming. So if we're assuming all these things, that bad thing just constantly happen, we can never receive more than that. To protest against anything which happens to us is to protest against the law of our being and our rulership over our own destiny. Let's read that again. To protest against anything which happens to us is to protest against the law of our being and our rulership over our own destiny. So anything that happens to us and we're mad about it, we're going against the laws of the universe because we are creating these scenarios. Just like when I was talking to my live yesterday, when you had the same person that just manifests itself, himself, herself, over and over again into your life, just in different bodies. That's because of what we believe to be true. So we can only call in the people that are going to show up as the story that we tell ourselves. So if we're getting mad at the world. And why do I keep, you know, why is this person here? Why is this happening? The only thing that you can change is self. So if you don't want to attract the same type of people in different bodies, the only thing that we could change is self. That's it. To protest against anything which happens to us is to protest against the law, the laws of our being and rulership over our own destiny. Okay, let's see. Okay. The circumstances of my life are too closely related to my conception of myself not to have been formed by my own spirit from some dimensionally larger storehouse of my being. So let's just read that one more time and then we're going to stop there. The circumstances of my life are too closely related to my conception of myself. So look, so this is what he's saying is look at your life right now. The circumstances of my life right now are too closely related to my beliefs about myself. For me to think that it's just some coincidence. Think about how you feel about yourself. 
Is that related to the circumstances that are happening in your life right now? If that's the only question you can ask yourself today. I'm looking at my life. I'm thinking about all the things that are happening. Are these circumstances right now really close to the things that I believe about myself to be true? I can tell you right now with certainty, they definitely are for me. Ask yourself the question. Are my circumstances of my life closely related to the things that I believe about myself? Whether it's about the house that you live in. Do you believe that you deserve to live in in a nice, safe home, in a nice, safe area? Do you believe that you should have a car that is will get you from A to B safely? Do you believe that you should have love in your life? How are people showing up for you right now? Is this based on the things that you believe about yourself, which is your concept of self? I think that's a really powerful question. Benny says, yes, yes, and yes. So Benny's living a life of, I am walking, I am healthy. Those circumstances of his life are closely related to the concept of himself that he has. Boom, I see this now. Okay, Patricia, I'm glad. So I think that that is a helpful question because it's an easy question for people to answer. Are the circumstances that I'm experiencing in my three-dimensional world right now closely related to the concept of myself that I believe to be true? I can tell you in every facet of my life, every aspect of my life is a reflection of the things that I believe to be true. And they're not all good. There's still things that I have to work on on my concept of myself that I have to shift and change, right? But I can totally see how the circumstances that I experience in my world right now are directly a reflection of the things that I believe about myself. So... With that being said, I think that's a great way to start the week. Some things for all of us to think about. And um, I'll probably be live tonight. Oh, shit. I'll pin the book in the caption. When I post this, I'll pin the book in the caption. It's Out of This World, Thinking Fourth Dimensionally by Neville Goddard. But I will put it in the um, in the caption. So I'm going to be teaching all this at my retreat. My retreat is September 27th in Tulum, Mexico. Anybody that comes, it is going to be the best time of your life. I guarantee you that. So if you guys want to come, tickets are available. NourishMySoulRetreats.org. Maybe used as a tax deductible. So if you decide, yes, I'm coming, write that shit off on your taxes because it's through a nonprofit organization. Um, Crystal SR2 is a discount code. I'll put it on the caption. So you can get a discount on tickets. It's like 500 a day. That includes all organic meals. The food is amazing. It includes your hotel and it includes the retreat and all of our classes. We literally have classes from, I think we pushed, it was 7.30 that we were starting on my first retreat, but we're, I think we're going to do classes now at 8.30 in the morning until like 8 at night. So we have different things going on all day long. We have classes. We have different adventures. We have Mayan clay rituals. We have... Um, we're now having a Latin dance class, which I'm super excited about. But all of this stuff is about consciousness. It's about just expanding your mind. It's about changing your life, changing your mindset, how to become the master of your life. Um, it's going to be really amazing. So if you guys want to come, the discount code, what was the discount code? Um, Crystal, my name, K-R-Y-S-T-A-L-S-R, like soul retreat and the number two. But I'll put it in the caption in case you forget. Um, 
So I am just super excited and thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Crystal SR2. Yes, beautiful. Have an amazing, amazing day. And I hope that this was helpful. I intend that this was helpful. And I'll see you guys possibly tonight. If not, I'll be on this week. Have a beautiful morning. See, Stephanie was there. She said, best time ever. We had a fucking blast. Love you all. And thank you for joining. I'll see you guys probably this evening. Jess was there too. Garden Queen. She was there too. We had the most amazing time. I'll see you guys later.